everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Luna's Galaxy podcast. My name is Emmy, but you can also call me Luna, and I'll be the host of this show. Luna's Galaxy podcast goes live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other podcast services on Tuesday every two weeks. For this episode, we have four segments, gaming news, what I've been playing, questions, and a topic of the show. It's been a while. Um, at least it feels like it's been a while. It's really not been a while, but it feels like it's been a while. Anyway... <laughs> So for this episode's topic of the show, we are going to be discussing the Hidden Bats ARG, um, specifically relating to Aine, which I think is how I say her name. It's either Aine or Aine. I don't know. I don't know what to say. But her and Binato. So if you haven't been keeping up with the Hidden Bats ARG, um, it is speculated to be related to either Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, or Zero Escape, question mark, but mostly um, I. <laughs> It definitely has something to do with Uchikoshi. Um, we know that. At least we think we know that. I don't know. But yeah, so if you've been seeing me tweet a lot about that and you have no idea what it is, if you want to listen to this episode and find out. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just going to be discussing that part of it because the ARG is actually still going on. Um, I think it's going to continue going on for a while, it seems like. However, um, the Aine and Binato portion of the ARG seems to have finished. Um, and now we've moved on to two new characters, so Mariha and Lumina. <laughs> um, but their portion of the ARG is still ongoing. It hasn't finished as of the time that I'm recording this. So I really want to focus on Aine and Binato. And who knows, maybe next podcast we'll talk about more of the ARG. Um, it's ongoing. It is very interesting. And I just, I really want to talk about pretty much everything that's happened, some of my thoughts on it. It's been a very exciting time. Like, I'm, I'm so invested in this. <laughs> so I really wanted to talk about it. But before we get started, if you would like to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it would help me out a lot. I'd really, really appreciate it. And also be sure to comment, like, and subscribe on YouTube. That also means a lot to me. Um, I'm hoping to put out more YouTube content um, now that I am done with university. I really want to focus on that some more. I, um... What was I going to say? It's so hard not to say um. I'm trying not to say um as much because I don't know if you guys notice it when you're listening because I edit out a lot of the times that I say um. <laughs> but there's still some that I have to leave in there because it's just the way that my words kind of slide together. I can't really get rid of it. But I'm trying to say it less and I'm trying to catch myself and it's very difficult. So bear with me and hopefully... Oh god, I almost did it again. <laughs> And hopefully it's not too unbearable <laughs> now that I've pointed it out. Maybe you've already realized it. I don't know. But that's my filler word. And it's, yeah, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping to do more content on YouTube. I almost had my first video edited and ready to go out. Uh, just finishing it up. Oh, God. It's so hard not to say, um, I really need to stop doing this. Oh, <laughs> so difficult. I have to remember that I'm not live streaming and that I can just edit the pauses, but it's how I put things together. Maybe I just have to live with it. Maybe I just have to live with the ums. Maybe I just have to go with the flow and accept it, you know? <laughs> anyway, so the first video I'm hoping to have it be my Final Fantasy VII Remake Yuffie DLC video. So... As some of you might know, I streamed that and I really enjoyed it. And I just, this first video is going to be like the highlights of those streams, sort of my reaction to the DLC. 
and I think you guys will like it. I, I hope it turns out okay. I'm still getting used to editing, so it might be a bit wonky, a bit kind of like amateur, but I'm hoping it's good enough. <laughs> I'm hoping it highlights my strong points as a content creator and not my bad ones. <laughs> But yeah, that'll be the first video. I'm hoping to have that out either late this week or early next week. So look forward to that. It is mostly done. I just want to kind of see if I can make it a bit more entertaining. We'll see. But yeah, I've kind of went on a rant there about my ums and about my YouTube stuff. So anyway, let's just get on to the gaming news, shall we? So there was a Nintendo Indie Showcase. I actually didn't watch it live but I did see some stuff on Twitter afterwards. So just some of the stuff that caught my eye was Ooblets. Uh, I think this game, I think it's already out. I feel like I've seen it before, but it's coming to Switch. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I think it's just coming to Switch now. Also, we are OFK. So the first time we saw this would have been at the Game Awards. And I don't know if this was a PlayStation exclusive or if this was just... Uh, something that I assumed. I always saw it as a PlayStation exclusive. I think it might have been at a PlayStation showcase or state of play or something like that, and that's why I'm thinking that way. So that caught me by surprise, but We Are OFK is coming to Switch. I think it was um, this summer. There was also Wayward Strand, One Shot World Machine Edition, and Idol Manager. Those are the other games <laughs> that caught my eye. Idol Manager, I actually have it on my Steam wish list. I've been wanting to play it for a while, but I haven't picked it up yet. But now that it's going to be on Switch, I think I'm just going to play it that way. I think that's coming out in the summer as well. And yeah, I really like Idols. It seems like that good game that you can play for like five hours straight and then like never play again. At least that's how I tend to be with like simulation games. <laughs> like The Sims or, you know, I feel like it's kind of like Diner Dash. Do y'all remember Diner Dash? I remember playing that when I was like 10 and getting like addicted to it. Like it feels like that type of game. And yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy Idol Manager. I'm going to play it when it comes out on Switch. Very looking forward to that. But yeah, those are just some of the games that caught my eye. Some more news. Redfall and Starfield have been delayed to the first half of 2023. And I don't think this surprised anyone, especially Starfield. I mean, I don't know if we've seen more of Redfall or not. I don't remember that well. But like, especially Starfield. I remember when I first revealed Starfield and they gave that 11-11 date. I'm like, that is not happening. <laughs> Like, you really expect me to believe, and, like, I'm not saying it's not impossible, but I did not have, I did not have faith <laughs> that that was going to come out in 2022, so as of now, they've both been delayed to the first half of 2023. Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see another delay, but, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, they have been delayed. Also, another delay. So, I have a Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Before you panic, uh, it hasn't been delayed, delayed in the same way as like Redfall and Starfield. Um, however, in Europe and Oceania, I think that's how I say that. I always question myself. I'm like, I'm 99% sure that's how I say things. But then when I'm recording on the podcast, I'm like, oh my god, do I sound like a fool? Anyway, so I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative has been delayed to July 8th in Europe and Oceania because of, like, the physical edition issues. So I think it was a manufacturing problem, like, they just weren't going to be ready on time, or maybe it was shipping. I'm not entirely sure what caused that. However, it's just for Europe and Oceania. However, they also delayed it digitally, so if you're in Europe and you pre-ordered, like, the collector's edition or something, you're not going to get until July 8th. Um, however, you also can't 
buy it digitally. And I don't understand why they did it this way. They said it was something about, I can't remember the exact word they used, but basically just kind of keep it consistent. However, I don't agree with this. <laughs> I don't agree with this at all. I don't think it should have been delayed digitally. That doesn't make any sense to me because like they're going to, people are going to get spoiled regardless because the game is still coming out on June 24th for literally everyone else, for Japan, for North America, all that. So the spoilers are still going to be out there. So I don't, anyway, I don't understand it. However, it is going to be playable June 24th on Steam. So if you do have a Steam account, if you want to play the game on PC, or maybe you're going to play it on PC now because it has been delayed in other ways if you are in Europe, you can play it June 24th on Steam. That is the only way. It won't be on the eShop. It won't be on PSN yet. Obviously, the physical editions won't be yet. However, you can play it on Steam. So that is kind of some sort of workaround, but it's still really fucking weird if you ask me. I don't know why they did it this way. <laughs> Personally, I think they either should not have delayed it digitally, which I think is probably the best situation, or they should have delayed it for everyone because it just seems weird to only delay for Europe. Anyway, it's really weird. And like, just thinking back, because there was a similar issue when Zero Time Dilemma came out um, with, I don't know if it was manufacturing or shipping, but it was something like that where I remember I had the 3DS version of Zero Time Dilemma pre-ordered for many months. <laughs> and it might have been like a week or a few weeks before launch. And I remember we kind of got these emails being like, it's being delayed. You're not getting this until like God knows when, essentially. And I think, so Zero Time Dilemma came at the end of June. I don't think I got it until about August, my physical version. I'd obviously already played the game at that point through other means but uh yeah so like when that happened with zero time dilemma uh with the it was the collector's edition specifically with the watches like nothing there was no like delay or anything so it feels weird that they're doing it for i but whatever i guess it's just weird <laughs> it's just really weird Okay, also, eBreMake is available now on Steam, so you might remember uh, last year, almost, when it was October, it was Halloween time, and I played a lot of RPG Maker horror games. I talked about Eve, it was one of my favorites, if not my favorite that I played, I'm like trying to remember. I think it was my favorite that I played, and there's a remake of it available now on Steam, and I really like that game, so if you haven't played it yet, I recommend checking it out. Uh, when I looked into it, it was 15 Canadian dollars, roughly. And I don't know how much uh, the remake changes, but it, it looks good. It's a good game. I, I highly recommend it if you're into horror. Um, it's not, like, overly scary. <laughs> it's not, like, jump scary. It is that RPG maker horror type thing. It's, like, kind of chill. I don't know. It has good music. I remember that much. But, yeah, check that out if you're at all interested. PlayStation has revealed its classic games catalog for PlayStation Plus. So we talked about this a bit last episode, about um, the PlayStation Plus tiers and what they add. So there's like premium, extra, and some of this big stuff in these new tiers is getting to play older games. This is for the PlayStation Plus premium tier specifically that I want to focus on. So they revealed some of the games that are going to be available at launch for this PlayStation Plus premium service. And it, ah, I mean, this isn't the full list. They never said this was the full list. <laughs> so it might not be worth panicking yet. And obviously... As this service gets older, they're probably going to add in more stuff as well. You know, this isn't, like, the end-all, be-all of this service. <laughs> so, like, there's your little sort of, like, disclaimer. But there's nothing, I think, in this to get excited about yet. 
So uh, just looking at the list and some that stood out to me that you're going to be able to play with this new service. There's Ape Escape 1 and 2, Hot Shots Golf. They had a few Hot Shots Golf games in there. They have, I think, all the games in the Jack series, at least one through three, and I think one of the other, like, spinoffs, which I think is all of them, right? I don't know. Um, Dark Cloud 1 and 2, the PS3 Ratchet and Clank games, and that's about it for things that, like, personally interest me <laughs> for the back catalog of games specifically. I just, there's so many games that you could put on there, and even, like, I'm not gonna lie, I played the PlayStation 2 Hot Shots Golf games. I have, like, an emotional attachment to them, but they don't have those ones on there. They have, I think it's the one for PlayStation 1, and they have Hot Shots Golf games for PS3, but they don't have the ones that I like. They don't have Hot Shots Golf 3 or 4. <laughs> I know that sounds like a very silly thing, but, like, that would actually get me a bit more hyped. <laughs> also, they don't have, at least... I mean, I could be wrong about this, you know, maybe when the service launches, I will be proven wrong, but they don't have the PlayStation 2 Ratchet and Clank games, which, like, I'm currently playing through them on the PS3, but they don't have those, like, I think it's three games that were on the PlayStation 2. They don't have them listed, which is even weirder to me. Like, you have the PS3 ones, but not the PS2 ones. Like, Insomniac is a first, first-party developer. So, anyway, I just think... Pretty much any first-party stuff should be on this service, and it's kind of alarming to me that it's not. It's like, what's going on? But yeah, there just seems to be a lot of things missing that I think would get a lot of people hyped. And it's like, if this is your list that you're putting out now to hopefully try and get people to invest in your service, like, that's the best you can do? <laughs> like, I don't understand, but hopefully it gets better because I know a lot of people saw that list and they were like, oof. <laughs> and rightfully so, it's not a great list. So, yeah. However, there is a bit of a good thing if you want to take it that way. So, if you bought PlayStation 1 or PSP Classics on the PlayStation 3 store in the past, you will be able to play those titles emulated on PS4 and PS5 soon without subscribing to PlayStation Plus. So, here's like the good and the bad of this. So, I have a few of those games on my PS3. I think they include stuff like Parasite Eve. I have, like, the original Final Fantasy VII, VIII, IX. I played that way. Um, some Spyro games, some of the PS1 Crash games. I, I bought a lot of games that way. The PS3, in a lot of ways, was sort of my PlayStation 1 machine. Because <laughs> I had a lot of those PlayStation 1 classics on the PlayStation 3. However... Like, if I could just play those games on PS4 now, I'm like, that is fantastic. Like, that would make me really excited if I could play those games on my PS4 now and not have to, you know, play the old PS3 every time. However, as far as I'm aware of, and I could be wrong about this, it seems that this is only for the games that are available already in the PlayStation Plus uh, premium tier. So, you know, if I had bought, let's say, Ape Escape on the PS3, I could play that on my PS4 without needing the subscription. However, because it seems like so far, games like Parasite Eve, Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, those types of games that I already bought <laughs> are not included in this service, I won't be able to emulate them on the PS4. Like I said, I could be wrong about this, but that's how it seems to be so far. So that kind of sucks. I, I do hope eventually that those games do get added to the service and then, you know, I can own them on my PS4 and play them that way. But yeah, just a little like weird kind of asterisk there. It's, I think it is only if they are available on the service. So a lot of those, <laughs> so a lot of those PlayStation 1 classics aren't actually going to be available to play on the PS4 
unless they are included in the service, which only a handful of them seem to be, which is really unfortunate. Moving on. <laughs> there was a new trailer for Isonian Files Nirvana Initiative. I don't have much to say about it. Um, I think I only watched it like once. I don't want to kind of like overwatch things. And I'm at a point where I might even stop watching the trailers because I don't want to get spoiled. <laughs> because, you know, as trailers come out and we get close to the release date, they tend to be more spoilery. So I might not even watch if like another one comes out. But yeah, there was a new trailer, so if you haven't watched it yet, go ahead and do that. It was like a character trailer, I believe, like introducing all the characters. It was, it was cute. I liked it, from what I remember. <laughs> so last news is just a little funny one. So this, like, I just saw it on Twitter today, was a Taco Bell Mexican pizza ad contains the line, key to my heart like Sora. It, like, I watched it. Um, someone posted it on Twitter. And it's literally just that. It is like a normal ad that you would expect to see on TV for Taco Bell, <laughs> but it's like a rap, and in the rap, uh, the rapper says, key to my heart like Sora. So, name dropping Sora <laughs> in a Taco Bell ad. <laughs> it's really weird. You should, you should watch it. I retweeted it on Twitter if you want to look at it. <laughs> just, just really interesting. Like, imagine you're just, like, watching TV, and then an ad comes on, and, and it says that, and you're like, whoa, Taco Bell referencing Sora <laughs> on television? Anyway, it was just a funny little thing. But moving on, let's talk about what I have been playing. There hasn't been much news, so let's talk about what I've been playing. <laughs> so I know I talked about uh, last episode, my obsession for Colorful Stage, Project Sekai, the chokehold that it has on me as a gacha game, as a rhythm game. I love it so much. So I just need to tell y'all <laughs> about this. So it's a gacha game. And so as gacha games do, there's like different banners, there's different like cards, characters, outfit, like whatever the gacha is, whatever the gacha game type thing is, there's always those things that you want to get, you know, the four stars and the three stars and the five stars or whatever the fuck. And so I had been saving up like the currency that in this gacha game, they're like crystals. I'd been saving up for... God, I want to say like a month to two months. I can't remember how long it's been, but I've been saving up for a while, okay? <laughs> this currency, because I knew that there was going to be a limited banner coming up <laughs> for two of my favorite characters that was limited, okay? That's the important part, that it's limited. So once this banner is done, I can't get those cards anymore unless they like do like a revival banner is what these games do sometimes. So like maybe in like six months time, they'll do like a, here's your chance to get these limited cards again, then it's gone again. Really weird gotcha stuff, right? They're trying to get you to spend your money because it's limited. And <laughs> so I've been saving up, okay? I had, I did 12 pulls. I, I wait, I think I did 11 at first. I had enough for 11 pulls for these limited cards, Okay. <laughs> And so the highest rarity card that you can get in Colorful Stage is a four star. And these were four star cards. And I ha had pretty good luck in Colorful Stage so far. Like I have a decent amount of four stars. But um, this did not go good. These pulls did not go good. I was like so excited for this banner and for these characters and these cards because I love them. And I'd been saving for so long. And yeah, it just, it did not go good. So almost every pull was like single three star, which is like the bare minimum. <laughs> and out of those 
10 initial polls that I did, I think I got one four star, which is like, in my opinion, probably the worst four star in the entire game. It wasn't one of the limited ones that I wanted. And oh, it was so rough. I was like mentally distraught that day. And so I did end up spending some money, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, I did like, here's the thing. I don't recommend spend, spending money on gotcha. And if you do make sure that it's a good deal, I made sure it was a good deal because they have this like subscription thing in Colorful Stage where your first month is half price. And so I just did that and then I immediately canceled the subscription. So I was able to get another two pulls out of that and like nothing, nothing good came out of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it wasn't too expensive. So that was fine. And now I'm currently trying to get at least one more pull in the banner before it ends. But I, I'm not optimistic at all. I don't think I'm going to get the cards I want to get. So I just thought I would let you guys know if, um, yeah, I don't know, laugh at my misery and don't, don't invest in gotchas. I love gotcha games. We all know this, but for the love of God, if you can be free to play because yeah, it's just not worth it <laughs> to put in money just to get nothing. Cause that's what it is. Most of the time you put in money, you don't get anything good. Unless it is like a guarantee thing or you know you're getting a good deal. Just don't. Just don't. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to share my misery. I've also been playing <laughs> Fire Emblem Three Houses, just continuing on with the Golden Deer route. Um, I've gotten to the time skip. Um, I'm still kind of early with that, but I'm having fun. Also, Ratchet & Clank PS3 Remaster. I'm still doing that. I'm on the final planet. I'm on the last planet for the first game. So I should be able to finish that. I know I said that last podcast, but I, I've been busy, okay? I just graduated university, so there's been a lot going on. But I do want to finish that this week. <laughs> also, I got Ring Fit Adventure. I don't think I talked about this last time, did I? I don't think I did. But I got Ring Fit Adventure. And if you don't know what it is, it is kind of like one of those exercise games for the Switch. And I really like it because I'm trying to get in better shape because... <laughs> Like, I'm 22 years old, but I pull so many muscles. Like, it is genuinely concerning. Um, I try and exercise as much as I can, but, like, to me, exercise is playing DDR. So, it's like I'm moving my legs, but not really much else. You know, I'm not, like, doing, like, stretches. I'm not, like, kind of, like, my the upper half of my body, like, my arms and shit. Like, I'm not really doing anything. So, I thought this is a good way <laughs> to actually, like, get more in shape, not just with my legs, but with, like, my entire body because I should not be struggling this much when I'm 22. And so, I started Ring Fit Adventure and it was pretty hard. <laughs> like, those the first two times that I played it, I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is so much more difficult than DDR because you're using so much of your body, <laughs> especially your arms. I'm not used to using my arms. Um, like I said, I'm more used to, you know, using my legs when I exercise, like when it's walking, DDR, stuff like that. But you have to use your arms a lot in Ring Fit Adventure because you're like, like you hold the ring and you have to like squeeze in on the ring and it's this whole thing. It's really a full body workout, which I'm not used to, um, but you can adjust it. There's like difficulty stuff so you can kind of customize it to fit your needs and I really enjoy it. I think I'm getting better at it because I actually played it right before I record the podcast today. And it was a lot less, I feel better than I did the last two times that I played it. Um, the last two times I played it, I was like, oh, like my muscles are really sore. And like, yeah, I, my muscles are kind of sore, but I, I, feel, I don't feel strained in that way. And like I had fun playing it today. I, was, I wasn't struggling as much. So 
I feel like I'm seeing some sort of progress. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you're interested at all in like this exercise type games, you want to get in shape, I really do recommend it. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. It is a bit expensive, so I did get it on sale, of course, as one does. But yeah, I, it's a good game. If you want to get in shape, I highly recommend it. And the last thing I want to mention is that I finally got the Melody of Memory Platinum. <laughs> I had been struggling to get this for many months since I finished Melody of Memory. <laughs> But I was like, okay, I'm going to knock it out. I'm just going to do it on stream. And I actually got it quite quickly. So, hell yeah, I got that Millennium Memory Platinum, baby. I think that might be my first Platinum of the year. I think it is. Anyway. Oh, wait, no. It would have been Tales of Arise because that was in, like, January. But, yeah. Hell yeah. So, let's move on to the question segment. So, for this episode, I asked you guys, what do you think of the upcoming new tiers to PlayStation Plus? Are there any PS1, PS2, PS3, or PSP games that might convince you to invest in PlayStation Plus Premium? If so, what games? And so, getting to your answers, Neela said, I couldn't care less personally about the new PlayStation Plus because playing physical games and or using emulators will, will offer a, a superior experience and most PS3 games are still extremely cheap visibly. Also, given much of Japan Studios library is included, Sony might have released, might have released closing that, realized closing them is a mistake. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. I do think for me personally, I don't want to use emulators mostly <laughs> just because when I emulate games it is mostly on my PC and I just don't like playing games on my PC in general if there's a legal more sort of accessible way for me to do that even if it's paying money I'm usually going to go that route even though it might not make the most financial sense <laughs> but that's what I prefer to do but I definitely see where you're coming from um, I haven't personally looked into many PS3 games though but it is interesting that they are cheap physically, especially because the PS3 games are um, cloud streamed for this new service, which really sucks. So obviously, if you can get the physical copies, it's going to play better that way than over the cloud. So, yeah. <laughs> then Trenton says, personally, I like it, although the pricing is a little nuts. <laughs> it does offer a way for a lot of games to be played, especially classic games, which will continue to grow, allowing them to extend their lifetimes digitally. Game trials and the other extras are there, but the game lineup available, as well as games which aren't as easy to find and will also begin to, to deteriorate as a result of hardware slowly dying as well as CDs aging. While I haven't looked into the initial lineup, I'll wait at least one year to see how much more fleshed out it is. I feel it feels more like Nintendo Switch Online than a Game Pass. Also, emulation isn't perfect, especially if you're doing it legally by dumping ROMs. While it is easy to do, it isn't always perfect and issues can occur unique to the emulator. Also, emulating the PS3 is still a hassle and a half. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I see it does feel more Nintendo Switch Online than Game Pass. I know people are comparing it to Game Pass, and I think rightfully so. Like, it is like a service similar-ish to it. But yeah, I think the bar is a lot lower for this, if that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, I think waiting at least one year to sort of see how it turns out is a good idea. I think... It's still early to see what's going to be like, and I think when it launches, it isn't going to be strong. To be completely honest, I don't think it's going to be great. So I think waiting a year and seeing, okay, now what's the catalog like is a really good idea. It's probably what I'm going to do as well. And then Adam says, I think the second tier is actually pretty great if you have a digital-only PS5, considering how expensive single games are. There's some decent stuff on there, though it's not really for me because I way prefer physical copies. And that's an interesting thing. I know I really focused on sort of the backlog aspect of this, but I think, Adam, you make a fantastic point. So the PlayStation Plus Extra tier gives you access to PS4 and PS5 games. It doesn't have that back catalog, 
but does have PS4 and PS5 games. And I think that's a really good point. <laughs> if you have a digital only PS5, it is probably going to be cheaper to invest in this service rather than buying um, the digital games. Because I know PSN does have, you know, some good sales every now and then, but it's just the convenience seems like it would be a lot higher. Just pay this one subscription and then play the games that are on that subscription. Obviously, this isn't going to have probably as many new games as people would like. That's probably still going to get people to buy those digital copies at launch, which are going to be quite expensive. However, I do think there is definitely a benefit to it if you have a digital-only PS5 specifically. So yeah, I didn't even think of that really, <laughs> but you're right. Then Falsey says, I'm indifferent to the tiers, to be honest. I already feel like the games I have for PS1, PS2, and 3... Oh, I already like the games I have for PS1, PS2, and 3, so I don't feel compelled to get the PlayStation Plus Premium at all, to be honest. Completely understandable. <laughs> Completely understandable. Then Land says, The tiers are a great but poorly executed idea by Sony. The current lineup launch is an embarrassment and needs to add more content rapidly if it wishes to compete with Game Pass, and if not, that at least satisfy their fan base. And yeah, I think that's a really good point as well. I think the idea of these tiers and of offering, you know, backward, not backwards compatibility, but these backlog games, these older generation games, and even PS4 and PS5 games for a subscription is a really good idea, right? It sounds good, <laughs> but the execution of it all does feel very messy. And I definitely think they need more games, more, maybe, ni I don't know if niche games would be exactly the pull to get. But I feel like it is one because obviously they're aiming for hardcore gamers to invest in the premium tier. So the hardcore gamers are going to be the people that are interested in these niche titles, right? Anyway, I just feel like there's a lot of potential for this, but it feels like they're sleeping on a lot of it. And obviously, you know, money. <laughs> but yeah, I hope it gets better for sure. And then Jay says, the tiers are interesting. I likely won't pay for a higher tier right now. I think some more of the tough to find slash expensive JRPGs in the PSP or Trails in the Sky Part 2 re release might make it enticing, but eh, I got enough money going out already. And yeah, I completely agree. I think that it really depends on the games, <laughs> um, especially the ones that are hard to get, like you said, because a lot of these games you just aren't able to play but likely a lot of those games are going to be the ones that aren't going to come to the surface, unfortunately. It's going to be the ones that are already ported, already remastered. It's like you already see, like, the Jack series. They are, they're already available on PS4. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, it could be a lot better. But yeah, I'm not really going to talk about my stance on it because I feel like I already did, like, last episode and also this episode. But yeah, I just feel like... Um, just wait it out. Just wait out. See how it is next year, and then we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> so, for our topic of the show for this episode, we are going to be talking about the Hidden Bats ARG, um, specifically with Aine and Binato. So, like I said earlier, the ARG is ongoing. We've currently moved on to two new characters in the ARG. However, I assume <laughs> it seems that Aine and Binato's story has kind of concluded within the ARG so far. So I really want to talk about what's been going on with that these last few weeks. In case you haven't been keeping up with it, you want to hear more about it. Or maybe you have been really keeping up with it and you just want to fangirl <laughs> with me. <laughs> because I know I love talking about this stuff with other people. I've been having so much fun, you know, just interacting with the community, with the Uchikoshi community, the Zero Escape community, the I the Summoning Files community, and just kind of theorizing and talking about all this stuff, and it's so exciting. <laughs> so I really want to talk about it. So, 
kind of some backstory as to what this is first. So this ARG was announced and it was thought to be related to Isomnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Um, it's kind of similar to the Nine Eyes TV thing that happened that led to the announcement of Isomnium Files Nirvana Initiative. Um, and also we're just kind of in that marketing cycle now for Nirvana Initiative. Um, however, I would like to point out that the Spike Chunsoft press release, they did a press release specifically about this Hidden Bats ARG, this mystery, this missing persons thing, and not once in the ARG did they say that it was related to either Somnium Files or really anything. They never said it was directly related to anything. Um, obviously, it seems to be heavily tied to that. I just wanted to point that out because I thought it was kind of weird. And, you know, maybe this is something else, but... <laughs> That's a pretty slim chance, but I do I did think it was really interesting that they never explicitly state that like this is a thing tied to the next Eye of the Somnium Files game because wouldn't you think that would be marketing, right, for the new game? Anyway, maybe it's the mystery that they want. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> so, Spike Chunsoft Inc. I'm 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 taking this from the press release. <laughs> announced Hidden Bats, a real-time mystery, and is inviting players to help solve missing persons cases as they unfold in real time on Twitter and other sites. So, these are kind of like the rules of it, I guess. So, solve the mystery, Hidden Bats. So, communicate with two missing persons to save them. And then they have a heading that's like missing persons. The missing persons have access to smartphones. These can only be used at a set time once every two days for 21 minutes. The missing persons will be able to provide information and codes via Twitter. Once the information is provided, players must respond via Twitter with the proper password within two days to proceed. So essentially how this ARG has been working so far is, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna go with my outline. I think if I start talking <laughs> outside of the outline, it's gonna get really confusing. So let's just continue with the outline, okay? So here's the timeline of events so far, and I think instead of trying to explain it, it'll just be easier to talk about the timeline of events because it kind of explains itself as it goes. So before this press release even came out, on May 5th, the Sunaiku, Sunaiku Foundation website goes live. And I believe this was tweeted out by, like, Spike Chunsoft. And I believe Uchikoshi either tweeted out or, like, retweeted it. Can't remember. So, obviously, at that point, we're like, okay, this is related to Isomnium Files. That's the game. It's coming out. And Uchikoshi retweeted it. It's this ARG thing. Uchikoshi always does ARGs. So, that's what this is, right? <laughs> and so, on their website, it says that they are a foundation dedicated to solving the missing, the missing persons cases patrons section of the website goes to the Hidden Bats ARG. And so kind of the bulk of this website is about these missing persons. It gives information about um, like where the foundation is, who's involved in the foundation, their history, stuff like that. Um, and also this little article about these missing persons. So in the article, we have the pictures of Aine and Binato basically saying these two people are missing. Help, <laughs> you know, let us know if you hear anything, how, how you would expect a missing persons thing to be. However, on their website, if you go to the patrons tab, there's a web this part of the website goes to hidden bats. And so this is very different than the rest of the website. The rest of the website is like very colorful. It's very like we're a charity, we're a foundation, we help. Then you go to hidden bats and it's like black and it's dark and it's very sort of like zero escape energy. Kind of like the Nine Eyes TV ARG as well. It's very similar to that. And <laughs> it has this countdown. So that's how it started on May 5th. Um, the Sunaiku Foundation website goes live, you go to the patron section, you see hidden bats, and there's 
the countdown going on. This countdown lasted for two days. And then on May 7th, the countdown ends and uh, the Twitter account for missing person Ine starts tweeting about being trapped in a room and being kidnapped. So Hidden Bats also has a Twitter. I feel like that's... Sunaiku Foundation doesn't have a Twitter, but Hidden Bats does, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but they like tweet out the website for Sunaiku Foundation. And they also retweet a lot of Ine and Binato's stuff, specifically the puzzles, like here's the puzzle, help them, essentially that. And then they'll occasionally do their other tweets. So yeah, on May 7th, countdown ends, and Aine starts tweeting. <laughs> Missing person Aine starts tweeting, she has a Twitter, and yeah. <laughs> and after that, chaos ensues. So, kind of to give you the structure of how this ARG works, so just using Aine as an example, because she was the first one to kind of do this. So, Aine tweets about there being a box with a nine-digit code to open it. And this actually might be on the Hidden Bats website as well, I can't remember. Yeah, I think this is. When you go to the Hidden Bats website, countdown ends, I think it gave us a a link to Ine's Twitter and then it told us here's how you save them you got to give them this nine digit code solve the puzzle give it to them that's what it is and we have to use the bats 489 video to solve the puzzle okay <sighs> it's a lot to keep track of and it's not the easiest to explain but I'm doing my best <laughs> so there's a box with a nine digit code to open it and she gives us a hint on Twitter that was provided to her on a note and we watch the bats 489 video that is posted on YouTube and all that to solve the puzzle. And then we input that answer from the puzzle that we solved from the Bats 489 video and the note that uh, the people have provided to us. And then we put that into the Hidden Bats website Nirvana spell section <laughs> and we get the nine digit code. We tweet it at them. And that's essentially how the ARG works. <laughs> it's essentially an escape room, kind of like Zero Escape. But that's besides the point, kind of. So it's a lot. It's kind of a lot going on. <laughs> there, and the Bats 489 video is very weird. <laughs> there's like animals, there's letters, there's different colors, and all these kind of have been seeming to play a role in solving these puzzles in some way. It's very weird. <laughs> so yeah, that's what went down with Aine that first day. We solved the puzzle. We gave her the nine-digit code. And then we stopped hearing from her, because here's the thing. They have 21 minutes, so... Um, the tweet every few minutes has basically been how it's been working. They tweet every few minutes. Uh, Ine's like, oh my god, I'm kidnapped. What happened to me? You know, t stuff like that. And then she'll eventually get to, like, hear it. There's this box here. I need a nine-digit code. And then she'll, like, tweet out the picture of the puzzle. And then she might make a few more tweets. <laughs> and then, you know, we'll add her. We'll give her the information. And But she only has 21 minutes. <laughs> so um, after that 21 minutes, we stop hearing from her, unfortunately. <laughs> And then we don't hear from her for another two days. So it kind of alternates. So day one, it was Aine. Day two, we hear from Binato. Day three, we hear from Aine. That's the pattern that this follows. And so on May 8th, we hear from Binato for the first time. And he has similar tweets as Aine being like, what happened to me? I'm kidnapped. Like, what the fuck happened? Why am I in? Why am I here? <laughs> Essentially. And like needing to solve the puzzle. And so this time around, when uh, everyone solves the puzzle, what the Nirvana spell is, they input it, they give um, Binato the nine-digit code. This time around, when people uh, put in the Nirvana spell, so they answer the puzzle, on the Hidden Bats website, there's also a cryptic message along with the nine-digit code. <laughs> and this seems to happen almost like every two or three times. That seems to be the pattern. So, um... This time, it was 
this really cryptic message kind of asking questions about existence and being alive. Like, are we really alive? What does it mean to exist? That type of stuff, <laughs> which is really weird. And there was this one line that really stood out to people because it's typed, what am we? And obviously this is grammatically incorrect. So what's going on? And it, it isn't something, we don't think it's a translation thing anyway. Especially when you look at stuff like Virtue's Last Reward where the anagrams in that game... <laughs> purposely use typos to make the anagrams work. So I think it's like the ninth line, eighth sun is the one in BLR where it's spelled wrong, but when you rearrange the letters, it's an anagram. And as far as the community has been able to tell, um, there isn't an anagram yet having to do with that, but I do think it's very interesting that this what am we thing is happening. I don't know. Just something to keep in mind. But yeah, it's these very sort of philosophical questions where it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Very interesting stuff. And then on May 9th, so this is Aine day two, some interesting tweets from her. She tweets about dreaming that she was ran over by a truck. Like, okay, queen. Um, she also tweets that she gets bread. <laughs> she has some bread to eat. I don't know if she tweeted about having water, but she tweeted about having bread. And there's also another cryptic message here from, from Hidden Bats once people put in the Nirvana spell. And this one is talking about God. I don't want to like reiterate and, you know, say word for word all the stuff that was in this ARG because we would be here forever. But it was this really cryptic message about God. <laughs> and also, I'm, I'm going to mention this later as well. But if you are interested in learning more about the ARG, not just from me, but kind of looking into it yourself, I highly recommend joining the Uchikoshi's Somnium Discord server. They have been so helpful in compiling a Google Doc about all the ARG information so far and, you know, theorizing. It's been a lot of fun. And I'll also leave a link to the Google Doc in the podcast description because there's a lot of stuff in there. It really helped me out sort of compiling all this because, I mean, I've been keeping track of it myself, but... It's so much easier with the Google Doc, especially to refer back to those cryptic messages. So yeah, highly recommend if you're at all interested in this, um, joining that that Discord server and looking into the Google Doc because they add to it pretty much every night when the ARG is happening. So yeah, thank you so much, everyone that contributed to that Google Doc because you are helping me out. <laughs> but yeah, they're talking about God and a lot of people, well, a few people, me included, were like, oh, this is interesting because, okay... I'm going to give you a warning. I should have done this earlier, but I'm going to give you a warning specifically now <laughs> that I might slash will talk about spoilers relating to the Zero Escape trilogy and possibly the first Eye of the Somnium Files game. Although, honestly, it's it's more Zero Escape, specifically Zero Time Dilemma. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled for Zero Escape or Eye of the Somnium Files, maybe stop listening unless you don't care about that. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to talk about some stuff that you might not want to hear if you haven't finished those games. So, talking about God. So, if you finish Zero Time Dilemma, you will know that pretty much the big plot point in that game that is really weird <laughs> is that the reason why Delta lit up the Radical Six virus is essentially to kill this religious fanatic that was going to basically be a terrorist and destroy everyone. He was going to, like, kill everyone. And so, the, like, Radical Six kills off that person and so that person doesn't end up killing everyone so instead of killing the entire human population it's only six billion people that's essentially the plot of zero time dilemma so there's a lot of talk about this religious fanatic and when you read this message from um Ine day two that the hidden bats gives it's very much giving religious fanatic is <laughs> like it talks a lot about god i don't know if it specifically talks about religion but it's very 
that's how I would expect a religious fanatic to talk, especially in, like, a Zero Escape type universe. So that was very interesting. That got me thinking. <laughs> and then on May 10th was Binato Day 2. And there's not too much to note here, except <laughs> that his nine-digit code for that day to, you know, input into the box was, it started with 999, okay? Which might be a little thing, right? It's just a number, right? <laughs> but as Uchikoshi fans, you need to know you have to analyze everything. <laughs> like, anything could be a hint, y'all. And like, they, they could have made that nine-digit code anything, right? It's, because here's the thing, when it came to the puzzles, obviously, they have to make sense from the Bats 489 video. So, the, like, you can be a bit more limited in that way. But for the nine-digit codes, as far as I'm aware, there doesn't seem to be any pattern that's kind of restricting what those nine-digit codes would be. There's no sort of puzzle to figure them out like there is with the Nirvana spells. And so this nine-digit code literally starts with 999. And so the motif of 999, or just the number nine in general, I guess, has been present ever since the Nine Eyes TV ARG, which led to the announcement of I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative. And I might sound a bit like a conspiracy theorist, so I'm just going to warn you now. <laughs> but, like, it's been here this entire time, and obviously that is a motif that is, like, pretty much a trademark of Zero Escape at this point, with the first game being 999, and pretty much every game having a motif of the number 9. And so, like, it's all, it's suspicious enough, right, that these two characters are pretty much trapped in an escape room, zero escape and that's a nine digit code specifically that opens these boxes <laughs> and then one of the codes starts with 999 is that not weird right like it could be any number and y'all chose 999 like it feels like they're taunting me i think i said this last time but it genuinely feels like they are taunting me because there's no way that all these similarities to zero escape are not on purpose like when it's uchi koshi <laughs> it feels very purposeful and some people actually kind of did this, like, I don't know exactly how they figured this out, what sort of system they used, but um, they found that the string of letters, like the full nine-digit code, could end up saying 999, or, wait, it was ICE in 999, I believe, was what they found out it could say. Like I said, I don't know, that might be a bit out there. <laughs> However, like, obviously there is ICE in 999, ICE 9, is that what it's called? I can't remember, I think it's ICE 9. No, I don't remember. I can't remember right now. I'm off my rocker. But <laughs> there is ice in 999. Yes, it's ice 9, right? Why can't I remember this right now? I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google it. I feel like I'm going crazy. Why am I questioning myself? I am the biggest fan <laughs> of 999. Yes, okay, it's ice 9. <laughs> I doubted myself. Anyway. <laughs> Just a, just a little little thing there. And then May 11th is INA Day 3. Nothing too notable here as well. The same sort of regular tweets from her. Um, nothing that stood out within the puzzle or the code or anything. At least I don't think so. I could be missing some stuff. So I do apologize if I've forgotten to mention a few important things. And yeah. <laughs> and then May 12th, we have Binato Day 3. And so the clue for the puzzle includes the word shift. So like I <laughs> I will say this seems this could be because, you know, there's only so many letters in the Bats 489 video that can make up so many words, you know? However, <laughs> shift 
shift. Like, this was the day I think I lost my mind because I had already felt like this is connected to Xeroscape in some way, right? Um, <laughs> but then the puzzle clue literally said shift and obviously shifting is a very Xeroscape thing, Zero Time Dilemma specifically. And it's just like, that felt purposeful. Like, shift. The shift. Like, if y'all saw me on Twitter that day, I probably looked... I was probably looking wild because <laughs> I was just quote retweeting the puzzle like shift because <laughs> like that's zero time dilemma that is literally zero time dilemma shift anyway it was just the clue it's just a clue for a puzzle it's fine and then we had another interesting hidden bats message that day that talked about free will which kind of reminds me of the themes of zero escape <laughs> once again specifically zero time dilemma because I think of, like, Delta's mind-hacking ability and how free will, like, kind of makes you question free will in a way. Because it's like, Diana didn't really have free will when she was mind-hacked to, like, kill off a certain team. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it's ever explicitly, like, kind of mentioned in Zero Time Dilemma, like, free will. But to me, it's a theme in Zero Time Dilemma once you get to the end. Because it's like, oh, Delta's been mind-hacking everyone and they don't have any free will. So, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Anyway, and then Binato also tweets about hearing a girl singing. I don't, maybe it's A-set. I don't know. Maybe he's just hallucinating. It seems like these characters do hallucinate quite a bit. But then, obviously, when you put Uchikoshi into that, it's like, it's the morphogenetic field. Is it, like, some sort of hidden meaning? Like, what's going on? So, but yeah. He tweets about hearing a girl singing, which was kind of weird. So here's where it starts to get very interesting. This is where the ARG, like I was already very invested into this Hidden Bats ARG, but then once we got to May 13th, Aine Day 4, shit started getting wild. That's when shit hit the fan. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like this is so good. Like I'm so excited. I don't care what this is. I don't care if it's I. I don't care if it's Zero Escape, whatever this is. I'm all here for it. And so on this day, um, there's no puzzle. Aine just tweets this picture of the note that kind of like the hints that we've been getting so far and it just says stalker and so when you put stalker into the nirvana spell on the hidden bats website um it gives a link to binato's burner twitter account so binato had a secret twitter account that we didn't know about that he used before getting kidnapped before being put into this sort of escape thing and the at is at test escape game okay <laughs> It's giving very Zero Escape vibes. The entire Twitter account is. And the tweets date back to April 7th, which I just think is so cool. Like, obviously, you know, when you do an ARG, you put a lot of planning into it. But it's just really cool to actually see the timeline of, like, April 7th. And then, you know, there's another tweet. And it's... Anyway, I just think it's really cool. And so, um, toe kind of, like, stops tweeting around the time that obviously he gets kidnapped and he's taken to wh wherever he is. But it's very interesting. <laughs> And also on this day, before I continue talking a bit about Binato's burner account, Aine also tweets about there being some sort of pictures where she is, um, but she never really specifies what those pictures are. She never tweets them. So yeah, that was kind of weird. But anyway, back to Binato's burner account. So he, he's an incel, essentially, um, and he's a stalker. Obviously, that's like the key word there. And he tweets about stalking a girl and also killing a girl by like pushing her, like... He tweets about, like, pushing her, she fell, like, I didn't mean it, like, that type of stuff. But there's some really, like, it's, it's a weird Twitter account to, like, scroll through and read all the tweets because it's just, like, I hate women, misogyny. I mean, obviously, it's not, like, that clear cut. Like, he doesn't tweet, I hate women, but it's very much disrespecting women, all the tweets. 
And I'm just like, God damn, what the hell's going on here? Like, he's an incel. <laughs> We've been helping this man when he's been tweeting all this insane shit and, like, stalking people and just very misogynistic. It's wild. But it got me so intrigued. And there's also some interesting tweets where he tweets about premonitions of certain girls straight up getting a vision that they're going to stab me, which, I don't know, I'm just saying, maybe it's the morphogenetic field warning you. Uh, because that is, once again, a very zero-escape thing. Knowing what's going to happen in the future via the morphogenetic field, maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> so yeah, very, very interesting day. You love to see it. And then May 14th is Binato Day 4, and he just tweets this note that says thief. Okay, kind of like how I did the stalker thing. Binato tweets out thief. There's no puzzle that day. It's just thief. You put that word into the Nirvana spell on the Hidden Bats website. And it gives Aine's burner account. <laughs> They're both terrible people. <laughs> and on this one, the tweets date back to April 5th. At, and her at is at Pancake Shoes, which is so, like, I don't... Like, I like how Binato's is, like, Test Escape... What was it? Test Escape Game? Or Test Escape Room? I can't remember. It's one of them. And <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's very zero escape. But then Aine's is, like, Pancake Shoes. And it's, like, what the fuck is happening here? Anyway, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> I like her at more. And so it's also giving Danganronpa, like, the profile picture is, like, her foot stomping into a pancake, but it, it looks like the Danganronpa pink blood. Like, that's kind of, like, the exact color that they use. It's, like, coming out of the pancake. I don't know. It's really weird, but it's giving Danganronpa, which is just, like, okay. <laughs> like, okay. Interesting. And similar to Aine, Binato also tweets about there being pictures in the room he's in, but once again, he never elaborates on what they are, so that kind of sucks. But yeah, so Aine is a thief. She also killed someone. She tweets about killing someone. <laughs> so, you know, it's going great. And she also has some other interesting tweets that, once again, seem to maybe lean into the idea of there being a morphogenetic field wherever this is occurring, whatever this is. So she tweets, strangest thing just happened. I was putting earrings into my bag at the department store and I had a vision of myself being caught. I thought it was just instinct, but it was so vivid. What was that? And once again, this immediately brought me back to Zero Time Dilemma. They have this conversation with Carlos in C-Team where Akane is telling him about the morphogenetic field and Carlos is talking about like, you know, he's a firefighter. And so he's like, you know, I'll go into this house and it's like, I just know um, what way to go, what paths await, like destruction and you know how to find someone and stuff like that and it's very vivid and it's like a vision and he knows what's gonna happen and that reminded me so much of what Aine tweeted um that sort of bit from Carlos in Zero Time Dilemma that I was like holy shit I was like she's a shifter <laughs> like she knows what's gonna, she knows what path to go down kind of like Carlos in Zero Time Dilemma and it's just like god damn <laughs> god damn like this is this zero escape like and I just think it's also very interesting that this ARG seems to be giving zero time dilemma specifically. Like, there are some things as well um, that remind me of Virtue's Last Reward and 999. Um, especially this, the new characters within the new ARG. I mean, it's the same ARG. But the two new characters that have kind of been introduced over the last few days. Specifically reminds me a bit more of Virtue's Last Reward. But um, this first one really reminds me of zero time dilemma. And it's very interesting. <laughs> Now, on May 15th, okay, 
Hidden Bats tweets it. We don't get a tweet from Ine or Binato. But on May 15th, Hidden Bats tweets out, Balance experiment. This will decide Ine and Binato's fate. And here are the rules. Compare likes and retweets for Ine and Binato's chosen tweets. The higher total is rescued. In a tie, both are rescued. Two lives hang in the balance. The choice is yours. So obviously Twitter is going wild at this point. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my god, balance the votes. And so essentially both Ine and Binato tweet out like, save Ine, save Binato. And people are just trying to get the exact numbers to match, the likes and the retweets to match for these two tweets. And this goes on for a day. <laughs> and it was just so wild. Like, we're, we're really getting to decide what happens, like, who lives. And obviously, like, what are the chances that we're going to get an exact tie, right? It's like someone at the last minute is probably going to be like, hoo-hoo, and, like, mess up the whole thing, right? And it's just, it was wild. It was a time to be alive <laughs> watching this go down. Man, like, people were really trying to get it tied, and it was so close at the end, and, uh, yeah, spoiler alert, um, it didn't tie, but just some of the wording as well that I want to point out here is, Hidden Bats says, two lives hang the balance, the choice is yours, and I pointed this out on Twitter, that this is very similar to, um, something that Zero says in Zero Time Dilemma, about, you know, lives being in the balance and fate and all that type of stuff, like, a lot of what Hidden Bats says reminds me a lot of Zero Time Dilemma, and obviously that can just reflect, you know, Uchikoshi, um, that whole Team Zero Escape, that sort of writing, and what they do, right? It could just be that, but some of this wording really does remind me of Zero Time Dilemma, specifically um, Zero, so again, just something to keep in mind. <laughs> so then, on May 16th, Aine has more likes and retweets than Binato. Although, actually, I think she has more likes, but not more retweets. It was, it was very close. And so, when you total them together, the difference was four. Aine had four more. And so, she was saved. <laughs> Aine was saved. And you know what? I support women's wrongs. And so, I was okay with this. You know, I would have been really upset if Binato was the one to live. Because, like, I think thievery is excusable, right? But, like, stalking women, being misogynistic, like, that's weird. I think we can all agree on that, right? I mean, yeah, they both killed people, but, like, if we're trying to say, like, who's who's worse, to me it would obviously be Binato, right? <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because I, too, am a woman. But, like, there's a difference between, like, stealing and, like, stalking women, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, I was okay that I know one. <laughs> like, if it wasn't going to tie... I was okay with the way that things played out. And so, life is simply unfair. And this was just really raw. <laughs> like, the time hit where, like, the accounts would usually start tweeting. And Hidden Bats just tweeted screenshots. They just tweeted the screenshot. We did the math. And Ine had won, essentially. And there was no context. That was just the tweet was that screenshot of the two tweets and who won. And so, after that, it took a while for them to update things, um, I think because, you know, it takes time to let go of someone that you've been holding captive, essentially, I guess. And so, like, that was the only tweet that we got for a while, and then I think it might have been about an hour later. I think I, I fell asleep at this point. <laughs> so, it was a while later when the Sunaiku Foundation um, had a report. So, they don't have their own Twitter, like I said, but Hidden Bats will often, like, tweet out 
the Sunaiku Foundation website when it updates. And so they tweeted out that the Sunaiku Foundation reports Aine is being found and rescued in the mountains. There is no mention of Binato. <laughs> and so she's been saved. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Like, are they all in the mountains? Are they in separate places? I don't know. Just something to keep in mind. Or like, is the place in the mountains at all? Did they just like put her there? I don't know. And so Aine escapes. Aine, we saved Aine. Just not being a toe, it's fine. And then on May 17th, I think this is also a few hours after um, the thing happened, um, Aine tweets on her burner account. So on the Pancake Shoes Twitter account, not the one that she's been using for the puzzles and stuff. She tweets, thanks. She thanks everyone um, from the hospital. She's like, thanks for saving me. Like, I'm in the hospital. Um, and she kind of talks about, like, reflecting on what she's done and... I kind of implying that she's going to try and be a better person and stop um, stealing shit. But yeah, and that's like the last we hear from her. She's like, thanks guys, bye. <laughs> and then we never hear from Minato again. <laughs> not from the Test Escape game Twitter account, not from his, like the one that's really been participating in the ARG and the puzzles and stuff. So we never hear from him again. We don't know what happened to him. And the Hidden Bats website updates to say, as a result of your choices, Aine Ich Ichirai has been rescued and Binato Sotobara's existence has been removed from this world. So, and, and that the next experiment will begin on May 18th, 11 a.m. JST. So, <laughs> once again, some interesting wording here. They don't say that, you know, we've killed Binato. They don't say that. But that his existence has been removed from this world. Like, did he shift somewhere? Do they have, like, a pod like they do in fucking Zero Time Dilemma and he, like, podded off somewhere else? I don't know. Re like, removed from this world is very interesting to me. His existence has been removed from this world. Like, what does that mean? So intriguing. So, so intriguing. I'm... Ah! Ah! It's so cool. Anyway. So that kind of concludes what's been happening with ARG with Ana and Binato. That's the timeline of events. I know I threw in some other stuff in there. I'm kind of talking about Scroscape a bit. But just some other stuff to keep in mind is that ASET, so the ASET Twitter account, Iris, ASET, ASET you bet, Tessa, whatever you want to call her. Um, she's a main character in I, the Somnium File. She's looking to be at least a side character in Nirvana Initiative. Um, she has been participating in the ARG as well. Not in the same way that we all have been, but she's been, quote, retweeting the Hidden Bats, Aine, and Binato accounts. So, you know, retweeting, like, oh, like, I hope we can help them. <laughs> or, like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, stuff like that. Pretty much every night she, quote, retweets um, whoever did the tweeting that night. So whether it's Aine, Binato, Hidden Bats, she's always, quote, retweeting. She's always keeping us updated. And she's following along with the ARG, which I think is very interesting because and this is kind of me putting on, like, my conspiracy theory hat again, okay? <laughs> it makes me wonder, and here's my theory. I, did I talk about this last time? I don't remember. But I've talked about it a bit on Twitter, I think. So, we know that the Zero Escape universe exists in I, the Somnium Files. And we know this because in the first trailer for Nirvana Initiative, Mizuki is literally playing 999. <laughs> She's literally playing it. It doesn't get much more obvious than that. But also in the first game, we have, like, billboards for Zero Escape in the game. And so it exists. It exists in this universe. And so... One thing I wonder, my potential theory, is that, you know, this isn't actually happening in the I, the Somnium Files universe. To me, I wonder if, you know, 
Aset, Iris, is kind of playing along with it in the same way that we are. Because if zero escape is, you know, assume, put on your hats here, <laughs> and let's theorize that this ARG could be related to a potential future zero escape game and not I, the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, okay? Just put on your hats and think about it. If it was a new zero escape game and it was an ARG, Iris would interact with it. Like, ASAP would interact with it because she, like, it exists in that universe, right? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> she's, maybe she's just a zero escape fan. She likes video games, we know that. I mean, it's not Shovel Forge, but she knows what it is. It, presumably, she would interact with the ARG, right? <laughs> like I said, I could be losing my mind, but that's just, that's just one theory, okay? And obviously, the more probably reasonable theory is that it is in her world and she is interacting with it like a normal human being might be. <laughs> and she just wants to help these people, obviously. <laughs> because, like, here's the thing. It really... This ARG is very interesting to me for multiple reasons, but I think one of them is that obviously there's a lot of themes, there's a lot of implications that it is tied to Zero Escape in some way. It is, like, pulling things from Zero Escape and it... I love Zero Escape, so I'm losing my shit over it. But it, it is also drawing upon I, the Somnium Files as well. I know I've really been highlighting the Zero Escape stuff because I am just like that. But obviously, there's I stuff as well. And I really don't know how this is going to play out. So, like, another thing that kind of ties it more to I, the Somnium Files is the Bats 490 video has been continuously referenced in their Nirvana Initiative trailers. Um, they've talked about the Bats 490 video. Um, however, it's not BATS 489, so the, the, the video that we're working with for the puzzles is BATS 489, and the one that they talk about in the game is BATS 490. So very small difference, but uh, one to keep in mind. And then obviously there's like the Nirvana spell. Obviously Nirvana initiative, like that makes sense, right? <laughs> so I know I've been talking about Zeroscape, but it is obviously implying I the Sonium files as well. And I really don't know how this is going to turn out. Like, is it going to be, are we getting Zero Escape 4? Is, is it just I the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative is going to take some themes from the Zero Escape series and work with that? Because it is a possibility. Is it a crossover? What's going on? I really don't know. And I'm very intrigued. I'm very interested. I'm obviously keeping very up to date with it. And any time that the ARG updates, I'm like, oh my god, like trying to connect the dots of how it relates to Zeroscape, whether it's in the themes, it's in, you know, so many other things. It's so interesting. <laughs> I'm having so much fun with it. And like I said, no matter what this ends up being, whether it's I, Zeroscape, something else entirely, a crossover, whatever, I just, I'm so intrigued with this ARG. I think it's so interesting. I'm having so much fun with it. I think that the community aspect of it as well is very fun you know, theorizing with other people and trying to balance the tweets, which we didn't do. But man, it's just been a fun ride. And so like I said earlier, there's two new characters now, Mariha and Lumina. We don't know much about them yet as the time that I'm recording this, but we do know that they're childhood friends, which is, well, that's kind of interesting. They, they know each other. We didn't have that with Aine and Binato. So that's cool. But I'm very intrigued. Um, we are theorizing that there's going to be at least another two characters after the current two because just how the tvs are on the website there's two empty ones right now i believe so another thing to keep in mind <laughs> so it really seems like this is far from over 
And it also seems to be really aligning with the timeline of release for Nirvana Initiative. So, you know, maybe this ends and then maybe in Nirvana Initiative, we're kind of seeing more ARGs within the game itself. Because it's like, okay, Bats 489 video, Bats 490 video is in the game. If we assume that the game takes place on June 24th, anyway, anyway, <laughs> it's wild. It's wild out here. But, man, it's been a fun time. <laughs> I'm so happy I got to talk about this. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to unpack, but it's really giving zero time dilemma energy to me. <laughs> there's a lot of zero escape type stuff in there. Man, it's been a fun time. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing how this turns out. But yes, once again, I want to thank um, the Uchikoshi Somnium Discord so much for the absolutely fantastic Google Doc. I will link it below if you are interested. But it really helped me compile information for this because, like I said, I've been keeping track of it myself. But specifically for, like, the messages that are left after um, the digit codes, it really helped me, like, find them again because you can't find them after um, the thing, I believe. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. And, yeah, I think that's all I had to say about it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. It's been so much fun. I just, I need to talk about it. Thank you so much for listening to the Luna's Galaxy podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I really, really appreciate it. I'll be back on Tuesday, June 7th for the next episode where we'll be discussing who knows what. If you want to be a part of the Luna's Galaxy community, you can join our Discord server, link in the description. You can also keep up with me on Twitter, Instagram, or Twitch where I'm at EmmyLunaGames. I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.